All right, you know Jadell, they a lot of a lot of the the listeners they know me as the the hip hop interviewer. You know, we got a lot of cool cool interviews with the the hip hop guys, but I know that you know that I, I'm an R and B baby at heart. <laughs> so we're gonna get it started like this. Oh, why is it like that? All right, am I coming through? Check check one two. Hey. Am I coming through? You are coming through, sir. <laughs> you are coming through indeed. Come on now. Oh, shit. <laughs> Carter can't hear it. <laughs> I'm down. I'll sing it to you, Carter. <laughs> Give us a little acoustic. Acoustic version. Oh, I'm ready to pod. Ready to be great. How are you doing, Akira? I'm doing good. How are you? We're all in person. I'm back. I'm back home. And I got, I got family with me. We're here. Dude, it's crazy. First, like, solid YouTube. Yeah. What up, Spotify? What up, Apple? I still got one more. Keep it going. Yeah, we're keeping it going. Oh, you can't hear it. <laughs> Do we look dumb? <laughs> we're just, like, dancing with this. You like the horn. Oh, I love the horn. He loves the horn. This is just. The I got all the. Too. I got all of the. The buttons. Check check one two one two one two. Am I too loud? R&B man. First of all, you know it's good when you can hear all the lyrics and picture everything that they're saying. Oh, of course. This is a story. <laughs> this is a story. <laughs> I promise we'll get right into it. Let me pop my chain first, though. <laughs> oh, I'm all tangled up. Alright, mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Welcome back to the Freshly Big Podcast. My name is Ryan Yee. I'm joined by some cool guys. Um, I got Carter off the off the camera. What up, what up? <laughs> <laughs> they can hear you, they can hear you. Yeah, they can hear him. Um, and Akira is to my right on the soundboard. How's it going, Akira? Howdy, howdy. Yeah, and we're back. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? No, 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 no worries. Um, Maybe another camera. Right on. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we got a, a great guest with us today, a good friend of mine. Um, we got Jadeli in the house now that we're all in person, and we got to get some claps. With my horn. Dude, you got... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, for those of you who are not aware, Jadel, a good friend of mine, he's a professional dance educator, a published author, CEO, thought leader, which is a real cool title that was that's probably my favorite title <laughs> the thought leader um and he's got a a, a bachelor's of arts in dance from uc riverside um husband i, I think i said ceo um yeah. <laughs> but yeah all of the above you're just a, just a cool guy you know a good friend of mine so i appreciate you being here Thank and you. a mentor to me yeah no yeah. i'm excited to be here yeah um you were actually the, the one that told me to start a podcast when i was a senior in high school um <laughs> 
when we first met, we met at the at the TED Talk. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we both gave a TED Talk at um, in San Mateo for my high school. Um, and yeah, I just remember that day was like so fun. We were just like <laughs> hanging out all day, um, just talking R&B, talking podcasts. And you were like, when are you going to have your own podcast? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I'm like waiting for the right time. So this is like a full full circle moment for yeah, me. Yeah, almost two years later. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for making the drive up. I know that's a little bit of a trek, but yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, yeah, so we we really are, it's Freestyle Friday today. We're kind of just going off the top. Um, yeah, but I was just I was just thinking about, um, I was talking to you about it before we got here, mm -hmm. um, how when I went to the show this weekend to go see two guys that I grew up listening to, their right. podcast, um, I kind of, I had this like moment when I was like about to meet them and before I like shook their hands and like talked to them. I was kind of, I went in there with like the mission to like soak up as much game as possible, meet yeah. as many new people. Um, and for me, I had this like weird moment of, that I've never felt before of just like, dude, I don't belong, like don't belong here. Right. Like I don't have the the name, the platform, any right. of the stuff that these guys have. They're so accomplished in this space. Um, and I feel like whenever I talk to you, you always give me some sort of, <laughs> some sort of motivation or inspiration or just like wise words about how um about you know that like what I, that what we're doing is like important and there's value to it you know and that yeah. i do belong in this space so yeah. um when we talked i think the biggest thing is to just remember that everyone kind of goes through that imposter syndrome mm -hmm. um where you feel like i don't belong here or i'm not good enough or what they have is different than what i have and what i have is less than what they have right and so the reality is all of that isn't true Right. The difference between you and them is that they're just persistent at what they do enough to build the audience, to build the platform. And so when it comes to, as you and I talk about creativity, depending on how you're trying to frame what you're doing, right? You are stepping into entrepreneurship, which means that the goal is to get the bag. <laughs> the goal is to build your audience. And the goal really is to kind of utilize all the gifts that you have, which is, you know, you build really great relationships. You're a great conversationalist. Thank you, you love... Um, people and you perceive pop culture in the past, present, and of course you really consider things for what it's going to be in the future. All of these things, again, make up a great podcast person and, and someone that just really offers a unique perspective to the times that we're living in. Right. And so, you know, for you to be in that space with those people that, again, you look up to, my mentor would always say, Judell, 90% of success is just showing up. Right. Right. And proximity really is one of the nuggets to success because you just have to get in the room. Right. I don't care right. if you stand in the back in the corner, at least you're in the room where it happens. Right. And so it's that persistence that again, um, distinguishes the haves and the have nots when it comes to people that just make progress towards as what you've been doing these last two years, which is your goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just bouncing off of that, I feel like in the, in like the creative space, a lot of it is just like knowing someone, you know? Yes. Yes. Because Part of it also, for people that are creative, you're making it up as you go, right? right. There isn't a blueprint, right? right. It's not like Especially we, in this realm. Right? In this realm. It's so new. Like, digital journalism is, like, not... It's been, what, like, four or five years where it's yeah. really taken off? But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm well, gonna... it's just, yeah, you're kind of making it up, and you're seeing what's working for you. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I've learned is what really makes you stand out is you honing in on what makes you distinctive. Right. So really, what makes you different than, excuse me, all the voices that we've already heard before? 
all the opinions that have already been shared, the perspectives that have already been shared. And because you are you, that's distinction enough. But in that, there's a way to brand it. There's a way to package it. There's a way to distribute it. And ultimately, in building your audience and building your platform, there's a way, again, to amplify all of that. That, again, is true to what you're trying to do, but then directly speaks to people that are very much so like you. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, sorry. That, so I'm just, like, soaking up game right here, you know? Um but yeah, I just I just feel like um like what you said with um just like being in the room and stuff like that. Yes. That really resonated with me. The room where it happens. Yeah, cuz I you know like for us we're obviously like we're normally doing this on Zoom and like yeah. we're all we're all like just kids trying to figure out um how we're doing it. And that's kind of the what I feel like makes is what is distinctive about, distinctive about us is that it's right. um you know, we don't come to this platform with this built-in audience. Yeah. Um, which I think is important because, like, you get your Joe Rogans with the UFC, right? Your right. Joe Buttons with the Love and Hip Hop crowd. Yeah. Um, and yeah, funny side note about that: they all the the whole audience at the show that I was at knew the guys from the Joe Button podcast, yeah. and so they were like, "I've oh, been watching them on um on Love and Hip Hop and this and that." And I was like, by far, like 15 years at least, the youngest person in the, in the <laughs> audience. And so, like, I'm talking to all these people. I'm like. I was in like third grade when he was on Love and Hip Hop. Um, yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, but yeah, I think that's like the tricky part that we've been trying to navigate um, is just as like a collective and as creatives, how do we um, organically grow? As yeah, you organically grow. Um, yeah, no, I get that. Um, this past year, I started my own touring dance convention. Right. And so what we do is we go from city to city, hotel to hotel, and ha host these massive master dance classes in the styles of hip-hop, jazz, contemporary, ballet, tap, and ballroom. Mm -hmm. However, in 2022, there's so many different dance conventions, dance competitions. It oversaturates the market. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that, I had to really approach just that endeavor. What, what am I going to do that's different? And I had to really go into, well, what is it that I care about, about the industry, the commercial industry? What right. is it that I love? And I've always been someone that's been a connector. Let me connect you with this person. Oh, Let me introduce you to this person. That's my strength, right? Building relationships, building teams of people, and connecting people, and building such a reputation that when I stamp my approval on it, people then trust it yeah. at face value. Yeah. And so in that, we are you know, working on different things that we're going to go into season two with um, that kind of just further hone in on that. But you know, one of the biggest compliments that we received was they said Jadel your faculty they're just so professional they're so distinguished they're so qualified they're so unique right. and I just I love that because anything that I do I go into it I had a mentor of mine always tell me Jadel you have to begin with the end in mind right and so if the if the objective is quality education then that should be the focus right right and then if the objective again is to get dancers into the industry then that should be the focus and so in finding that distinction what is it that I care about what is it that I've been about on my day-to-day -day when it comes to my journey, and then how can I amplify that with this new audience that we built? Right. And so we went into our first season. Our first event sold out. Crazy. Uh, I wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to give them the... <laughs> yes. Sold yeah, that's out. Amazing. Sold that's out. Yeah, that's awesome. We did three cities um, in the fall, and so what, what's so crazy is this time last year, my entire company was just in my head. I remember you used to bounce yes. ideas off me. You were yes. like, "Do kids like this?" Do yes, that's yeah, crazy. yeah. I'm getting emotional because it's 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 it's, yeah. it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Because again, this time last year, it was all in my head, 
And the only thing that I had, I didn't even have like a program build out. What am I going to do? What classes am I going to offer? I had nothing. I just was like, I'm going to do it. You just did it. I just oh, did it. Yeah. So we got essentially this convention together in under 10 months. Yeah, I mean you. I mean you, you. see, watching you do that, I remember it like inspired me again on this. You know, um, I mean that's literally showing that you can do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, you, can. Like, you just gotta do it. Yeah. Well, and part of it also, and I'll say this because as a creative, I don't think we look at our. I had a mentor always share, Dadell, your network is your net worth. We don't right. really look at the people that we're around as resources. Right. Um, in a way that really can contribute to what you're trying to do or that next level that you're trying to get to. So, yes, this time last year, all of it was in my head. But prior to that, I had been teaching for dance conventions for five years. So I had I had knew, essentially, how to go about it, right, um, in terms of booking hotel space, in terms of hiring and um, vetting teachers, in terms of marketing, in terms of really pulling all the so people. So you pretty much knew all the steps I, in between? Yeah. The only thing I didn't really know is was if it was going to work. I think that's the challenge, too. It's like I knew, but I didn't trust it. Right. It's I like, think... I know this will pop off. I know I'm legit. What will people care? And for a minute, that kind of got in the way a little bit. Because you almost want that like reassurance that it's going to work before you yeah. put your all into it. You know? Man. So, yes. Like... Well, we, we're going that, through that like right now yeah. with the same stuff. Um just like that, because when you're like starting something from the ground up, you yeah. don't, you know, like you don't know if it's gonna fail or right. if it's gonna or it's gonna succeed, right? Right. Um, and for us, it's like, like with this podcast, you know, we put we have money in it, you know, yeah. we have obviously time. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all students, we all work. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a lot that um goes into it. You know, I like for like these guys on the West Coast, because I'm the only one on the East Coast. But mm -hmm. they, um, when we record on Zoom, we're recording at. What, like midnight to one your time? That's four in the morning for me, right? <laughs> so like, um, so we're like putting all of our, we're pulling out all the stops to yeah. like put out a product, right? Yeah. That um, that you don't always know is going to succeed, you right. know? Um, but like, could you just talk a little bit about how that, um, how when it does succeed, like how much more that means to you to know that you created something yourself instead of just banking off of yeah. someone else's? So we went into our first event. And it coincidentally was on my 30th birthday. Yeah. So like my, I, I had, and what was so crazy because I, I had been teaching here in the Bay Area for at least the last five, six, seven years. And so almost everyone in that room I had taught at some point. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so it crazy. really was like, let me call it every last favor that I have to come through. Right. Mm. But what was so nice was we then went from Milpitas, California, then to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Mm -hmm. From Colorado Springs, we then went to Glendale, California. And so in Glendale, what, which, what was really nice was I, um, we ended up having um, American Idol season 15 runner-up, La Portia Renee, um, attend our event right. and perform live. And we created a whole system where the dancers could audition to perform live with her as she performed some of her songs. Right. So that's um, another like realm of connecting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that in itself was wonderful because um, she and I had been connecting. I met her through Instagram. Yeah, that's crazy. I DM'd her and I was surprised she even got back to me. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm. And so it was just this, again, five, six months of just building an organic relationship. Anytime she and I would get on the phone, we'd talk for at least two hours. That's we'd crazy. talk about anything and everything. Music, pop culture, her, myself. Crazy. And then also at that Glendale event, we had two out of the top five talent agencies 
actually attend our event. So VPs right. from those agencies come host mock auditions so that dancers can audition to get an agent. Right. Um, overall, they were interested in nine, and as of today, three of them have signed contracts. That's crazy. Whoa. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. So going from our first event that sold out, then going to our second event and then our third event where we had a live performance by an American Idol singer, and then also have talent agents come out, actually show interest in the dancers that were in the room, and all of that kind of work out, it, it, it really solidified the confidence that we're doing the right thing. Right, right. Um, and, and again, for our mission, the whole objective, and again, it's, it's, been my, it's been my sense of purpose when it comes to dance, which is simply equip dancers to have sustainable careers. Right. Which, on, a bigger, on the grander scheme of things, I've always been about equipping people to have you know, success and prosperity and longevity in anything that they do and attempt and pursue. So really when it comes to you starting something, you going all out and you going all in, I think you have to take the time to celebrate those tiny wins. 100%. You know, the fact that people said yes, I was so grateful. You know, the fact that people showed up, I was so grateful. The fact that any, everyone that I wanted on my faculty, they actually said yes to it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and I had to celebrate all that because by the end of our third event... What was so crazy is we were in the hotel room. It was me, my wife, and La Portia Renee. And um, we're finally sitting down. It's like midnight. We're yeah. finally like, huh, okay. Yeah. And my wife goes, sorry, I'm getting emotional because it just, it just got me. <laughs> she says, I'm so proud of you. You did yeah. it. Yeah. And I just break down and cry. <laughs> because like you said, you put everything in there. Yeah. Time, it's your energy. baby. Yes. Like, like yeah. Yes. You're nurturing it. Like it's literally grown from the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a moment like that. Um, when we, this is like right when we first started the podcast, um, mm -hmm. we were like maybe four episodes in, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and we put out an episode the next day. Um, and I'm like looking at the, I'm looking, I'm just checking my emails, right? Yeah. I get an email from Spotify saying that we were, this is when we made the top charts in South Africa. Mm. So we were like top, we were number 98, right? It's a small victory, but mm -hmm. you know, for like a bunch, like I, I'd never made the Dean's list, right? I never right. was on honor roll, right? Right. I'd never been on a, a list like that in my, like in my whole life. And You've so. You've been on the not a list. <laughs> <laughs> I was always on the good list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, no, but. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. Um. But yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I think just like celebrating the little victories is mm -hmm. important. You know, we, um, we had the whole squad there when we were, we were celebrating it, you know, we recorded an episode, yeah. um, and we're like popping bottles after, you know what I mean? Yeah. Allegedly, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> bottles of, of apple cider, apple, apple cider. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, um, but we, we're good. Quick pause. Oh, okay. Oh, we're good. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had like a moment really similar to that where I yeah. called my dad on the phone. Um, yeah. And you know, my dad's been the biggest supporter. You know, I talk about him on almost every episode, right? Yeah. Um, and how he like, how he put me on, on hip hop and just like mm -hmm. the love that I have for hip hop culture, right? Yeah. Um, and just like as a, as a role model to me, you know, mm -hmm. he like, you know, a lot of kids, we grew up idolizing like, uh, like your bat, your baseball players, basketball players, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, and for but me, for you, like it was, it was my dad, you know, if I yeah. could, if I could be half of what my dad is, you know, I'd be satisfied with myself at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I call, I got on the phone with my dad when, the, when we found out, um, and I was just talking to him and, you know, like, um, we're from, we're from a very traditional Chinese household. Yeah. And so the words I'm proud of you don't really come out that often. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, like, that's like, I think with a lot of minority cultures, it's like, 
not it's a little not taboo but it's not as widely used right yeah it's like always like work harder you know there's always like a next step to something that there's always more and i think just to your point about again making top 98 it just reminds you that people are paying attention yeah yeah and it means that you're like our voices matter you know um yeah and i think just in in the space that we're trying to conquer right with um like like I said earlier, all of the the built in audiences, and then yeah. you also have to take into account. Um, you and I definitely have talked about this, but every commentator that's commenting on hip hop culture is um, probably what like thirty thirty five and up, mm-hmm. right? And where and um, from what I'm hearing from what I listen to, it's always talking about our generation and what we're doing wrong or what we're doing right. Like, they're, but they're commenting on our generation. Yeah, and I think just the niche that we're trying to build is like where we're going to give back some of the, we're going to like explain, explain it from our point of view, yeah. you know, from the, the kid's point of view of the generation that it's happening to, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh my yeah, God. That's so funny. Lost. Cause that always like confuses me. It's like, cause in black households, it's always, what you know about this music, that this is good music. What y'all doing ain't good. You know, right. uh, you raised us. So whatever's <laughs> wrong with us is wrong yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I mean, people, you know, have so much criticism. Um, I think recently they they passed a law or it's in consideration where they can't use uh, rap lyrics in in court court cases. Yeah, Um, it's they just passed it in New York. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think part of, again, this this new generation of hip hop artists, I mean, they, they had to emulate and demonstrate someone or something, you know what I'm saying? And so I think. When we talk about rap beefs, when we talk about explicit lyrics, when we talk about, um, you know, uh, misogyny. Yeah, all anything. of that. Yeah, any, like other, any other. saw it somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was learned somewhere. 100%. You know? But I also don't think, and maybe I would love to see the OGs like Jay-Z, Nas, um, even Diddy. I would love to see, hear them talk about, from just a different perspective, the evolution of their maturity. Right. Right. Because what I appreciated about their music back in the day was that it really reflected where we were at mm-hmm. or it really reflected where music was at. Because you have to also think about it. They were building. Right. You know, so your generation, in my opinion, can't do what they do unless it, it unless there was someone before. Yeah. 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 So in that, I would love to hear about the, the evolution of your maturity. It's like, yeah, I did this, this and this to make the to make the bag. But now I'm a mogul and, and this is how I perceive money and time and, and relationships differently. Um, right. I don't think there's enough of that yeah. to kind yeah. of balance it out where it's like, yeah, I did this out of survival, but now I do this when I'm making moves. Right, right. Is And, and, and those, it's those conversations, even in music, that I would love to hear, right? Because we, we sleep on artists like Common mm-hmm. who have been about that. You right. know what I mean? Like Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah. E-40, all those guys. Yeah. 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 Like, like even you... someone like Ice Cube. I mean, he did music and then he started writing films. Then he yeah. started producing. And then he just, he, he just built so much of an empire for himself. Yeah. I, I read a tweet this morning, actually, from um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. his his son, um, talking about how a lot of people, I guess, I, I didn't hear about this, but apparently people were, like, hating on him for saying, like, yo, your dad built your whole career, right? Um, he really didn't, though. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, he was just lucky enough to play him in a yeah, movie yeah. It, um, you know, about his father, but no, he, yeah. no, he didn't. He, he's a very legit actor, you yeah. know? And he's he, in there. I think he, yeah, what, what did we just, we were talking about some, uh, the one with 50 Cent, Den of Thieves? 
that, yeah, was yeah, that? yeah. That yeah. is the movie. Yeah. But my thing is, as many mo- as many films as his father has produced through his company, he ain't never been in any of them. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's always been in somebody else's movie, which yeah. you have to audition for. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, it just um, doesn't work like that. But what I thought was really, uh, really impactful that mm-hmm. he said was at towards, it was like a whole like tweet thread, right? Because you can't fit that many words in a tweet. But sure. he, he talked a little bit about how um, he's a product of his dad's empire that his dad built. Yeah. Um, and he's the legacy to his dad, yeah. right? So um, he's like, of course, I'm doing picking up all these bigger projects, right? Of course. And even if like his name carries a little bit more weight than like an, an up, up and coming actor, um, you know, it's like it's part of his dad's legacy, and so yeah. it's still important for him to put in the work to maintain that. Of course, you know. Well, I think people don't talk a lot enough about that being the point, right? What's the point of you know, even if we take it on a day-to-day level, right, when your parents purchase property or have uh, mom-and-pop businesses, what's the point to pass it on to their children? Yeah, so what, right. you're just going to waste it? Yeah. You know, or what, <laughs> you're just not going to benefit from it yeah. because people might not understand? People always look for something to, yeah, I think to the, hate on. Yeah. The first reaction is definitely to, like, I guess... Tear you down. Yeah, because, like, you don't see enough of them being like, oh, like, good on the kid for, like following yeah for following his parents. dad's you know footsteps, like yeah. that should be the initial reaction but everybody's like oh that's daddy's money or like oh like your parents did all the work like yeah you didn't do anything you know like, yeah it's just... one thing Charlemagne the god says and i love it when he says it is he's like stop getting mad at people for acting their wage <laughs> <laughs> i love it because it's like dude i can't be mad that your your reality um you know entails five-star restaurants and five-star hotels and mm. butlers all of it like, mm-hmm. i can't be mad at that you know? right but again um, when it comes to his son, hopefully you can act. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully you're actually good at it. Yeah. You know? Not everyone can do it. Not, Not everyone can Oh, do my it. God. I, I just watched uh, Godfather 3. Um, so my, this is actually another thing about my, me and my dad. Is we When I was growing up, we we probably watched the Godfather trilogy. Like, probably six. It. You've never seen it? You know what? Me and I live on this island of things where <laughs> I don't do. And that was one of them. Really? Oh. Yes. Come on. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it either? I think I've seen the, the first, first one. one. Okay, the first, at least yeah. you've seen the first one. Yeah. Really? Not, not the whole trilogy. Oh, man. So whatever you're about to say is okay. going to go... <laughs> well, so the the third one has... Um, she... The actress... the Like, the main actress, right? Okay. In it um, is just, like, shits the bed on it, right? She does terrible. Sure. Um, And then this... I was reading... I was watching it again with some of my buddies, and I was like... Yeah, like, everyone hated her in the movie, and we were, like, just looking up, like, how did she get this role? Like, I've never what, heard her of her dad the director? Her dad's the director. Oh. And they had, uh, they had, like, all these, uh, they had, like, Madonna, they had all these different people set up to play the role, and the guy went with his daughter, right? Um, and so that's, like, an example of the opposite of what O.J. Jackson does, right? Yeah. Well, you know, again, if, if, if your parents had a mom-and-pop business and you were the manager, how's that any different? You know what I mean? But if you do a good job, you have to do a good job of being the man. I'm just saying. I'm not mad that she got connect. Oh, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> mad that she's in it. Uh, but you I'm know? mad that she didn't take it seriously to the point where she could have been all right in it, you know? <laughs> like, she obviously had the, the like, the... You know who else is like that? Tor- Tori Spelling. Her father was Aaron Spelling. Aaron Spelling created... <laughs> we um, all have the same look. <laughs> Aaron Spelling, uh, Charlie's Angels, Charmed, uh, 90210. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just too young. No, I don't. I don't know Charlie's no. Angels. I never I'm watched. Tori Spelling. Uh, you know, she's still doing reality TV and stuff. But I, I never thought she could act. But her daddy was the director or the producer uh, or the this yeah. or the that. Or, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, Girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh. 
Yeah, but going back to it, I feel like um, just every every opportunity. You know, I I was going through this. I know I called you about it because yeah. um, I was applying for internships yeah. and stuff like that for my school because we do the co-op thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and a big thing for me was I was sitting in the library one day, mm-hmm. and there's this one. There was this one at Spotify that I really wanted. Right, I was like. I came to this school because I want to do this at Spotify. Sure. Um, and I know that it's, like, so selective. Like, not a lot of people can get in. Yeah. This and that. Um, and I heard a kid talking about how he, he was already looking at spots because his uncle worked there. In the library. I just overheard it. Like, I wasn't, like... And which is funny because I normally have the headphones on in the library. Yeah. The one time I'm, like, actually, like, attentive to what's going around me. Right. I hear this... I catch, like, a glimpse of this kid in passing. Just, like, talking about this, right? Yeah, my... My uncle, about his dad worked there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he, he was talking about how his dad, his uncle works at um at Spotify, like high up uh, executive something, right? Ooh. And he's um, <laughs> and, and he's and he's like, oh, we're looking for we're looking for real estate out there because I'm gonna do the co-op there next semester. So I'm like, dude, like this kid just like took this off my table or off, took this off my plate, right? Mm-hmm. This kid took my opportunity and not because he deserves it more than me, not just because he's like um has the connection, yeah, because he has the in. Right. And right. so that was really frustrating to me. Um, but then I had to think about it. I'm like, like, wh- what are you going to do about it? Like, that, yeah. that's just how, it, how that's how the world works, yeah. you know? Well, yes. And part of that. Accept that now. Reconcile yeah. that yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Relationships are so important. It's exactly what my mom said. <laughs> it's just so important. Um, when I started, again, our convention, I reached out to agencies just cold turkey and a lot they all shut me down oh we don't do that no thank you yeah it wasn't until i had someone on my faculty who you know again their resume is incredible touring with with lady gaga doing all of the award shows from the oscars to the grammys to the mtv awards all of that it's not until they ask yeah on our behalf that they say yes yeah yes yeah and i'm not mad you know sometimes that's the that's just the way you gotta do it it's just how life works you know it's human nature they want um like yeah, like like you just said, I don't know how to explain it any better yeah. than that. And I think um, to add on, I feel like it's it's a lot more rewarding when you know you did it from the ground up. You know, like obviously, obviously, it's nice to uh, I guess have that extra support to get there. But I, I, think I don't the, know. I mm, I wouldn't say no, but I think you have to know your industry, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just you have to know your industry. And what I mean by that is you have to you have to have an idea of what the road is going to entail, right? Because right. when we think about success, yes, we look at the, the 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 after and then we focus so much on the before when it comes to rags to riches, but we don't really focus on the deering, right? Before, during and after. It's right. the deering that people I would love for them to talk more about how success wasn't linear. Right? Did you always have this accent? I have an accent. Did no one else get deering? <laughs> I was like trying to figure out what you were saying. I was like, deering. I'm oh, during. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Should I just talk like this the whole time? Yeah, let's do the accents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I feel like yeah, people don't sorry. talk about like how success isn't, you know, linear as in I go to school, get good grades, get out, get a high paying job. No, right. you hear the word no more times than you hear the word yes. 100%. So it's, it's, it's more so. Knowing your industry, knowing what you're up against. My mentor would always say, Jadel, um, strategy is just anticipating opposition. Yeah. So in that, if, if relationships are in opposition for you, then in what ways are you building relationships? Um, if, if access or money is in opposition, then in what ways are you strategizing for that? Right. right. 
Um, I know for me, I had really great mentors that would teach me these things. They didn't really teach me how to go about it, right? They would say things like 90% of success is just showing up. Right. So anything people ask me to do, if it was, if it was within the scope of my goals or objectives, I would say yes, because right. I just, I need to be in the room. And then when it came to introducing and talking to people, I was terrible at that. I was terrible at 16, 17, 18 years old talking to people. I was nervous. I couldn't look people in the eye. I would stutter. Right. I would massive anxiety. And so I had to learn how to have conversation or at least how to navigate conversation. Yeah. So then um, one of my mentors taught me how to form people, F-O-R-M. Mm -hmm which is an acronym for Family Occupation Recreation Motivation. Oh, you, you did tell me that. You. you did yeah. tell me that. It literally <laughs> changed how I engaged, how I interacted, because part of, again, building and, and initiating or engaging relationships is um, we always focus on being interesting. Right. Instead of being interested. Right. So I had to learn how to be more interested than interesting. Because if I'm interested, then I'm, the focus is on you and I. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then in learning those different talking points, talking about people's families or what they do for their occupation or what they do for fun, recreation, or what wakes them up in the morning motivation, it just helped me learn how to engage people, talk to people in a way that made it less about what I wanted from them or less about my anxiety and, and more so about really just getting to know somebody. Yeah, yeah. It makes it more personable. Yeah. And, yeah, just easier. Are we good back there? Yeah, just keep going. Okay. We're good. Okay. Um... God, dude, they keep on throwing me off with this, like, <laughs> moving around. <laughs> um, they just try to make sure everything's perfect. Yeah, dude, I, yeah, these guys are, they're great, yeah. Um, but yeah, oh no, sorry, I did want to talk about, a little bit about, um, yeah. you, so you, you do a lot for the dance community, right? Um, I know you, you told me about how excited you were to, with the scholarships and all that stuff. Could you yeah. talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in creating our dance convention, again, it's a one-day touring dance experience. So we go from city to city and offer master dance training in various styles. Right. Um, and it's just one day. So it's cool because it's convenient that you can plug into. Great. Um, and it doesn't have to swallow up your whole weekend, mm -hmm. you know, as a parent or, you know, as a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but one thing also, again, because my heart really is to connect people to that next level or to that next thing that could, again, push them forward, help them out, help them to grow and keep pursuing their goals is that we offer different scholarships. Right. And so we ended up um, connecting with an artistic director, one of the um, artistic directors at Joffrey Ballet School in New York. Mm -hmm. And so one of them works for us and they offer scholarships, which is really nice. And then there's another company called uh, Collage Dance Conservatory, and they're out of Memphis. Okay. And what's so great about them is between their company and their school, they've been around for at least a decade, I think 11 or 12 years. Right. And a lot of people have never heard of them. But I love what they do because it's ran by Kevin Thomas, who is former principal with Dance Theater of Harlem. And they're just, they're primarily African-American, but they're a whole company and a whole school for people of color. And they, they really work to reframe the narrative on black people and ballet, which is beautiful. Right. Awesome. But their, their faculty, their teachers, their, their environment, I mean, they just moved into a $9 million building. Insane. State of the art. We'll give them, we'll give them a... <laughs> <laughs> and so I reached out to them and I've just been such a supporter and such a follower for the right. last couple of years um, that they said hey yeah we'll, we'll definitely offer a scholarship through that as well Sweet. and so in just offering these different scholarships people can have the opportunity to attend their, their events attend their intensives attend their school programs and hopefully one learn something great two 
be encouraged and inspired, but three, just be equipped even the more as a dancer. So right. um, ultimately, yeah, my objective always is just to help people kind of get to that next level. Yeah. And through our organization, um, we just do that in a way that, again, furthers their dance education. Yeah. But I like to work and partner with organizations who are concerned and, and, and really make people their mission. Right. You yeah. Know, betterment of people. We I think have, that's, I, I'm sorry. I think that oh, definitely yeah. takes like a special type of person, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause you, being a creative in general, I mean, it's, it's, it's so emotional. It's so time consuming. Right. It takes so much out of you and yeah. it's such a personal investment. Right. Mm. And so when you think about these ballet schools or these dance schools or these different things, um, you know, again, if their objective truly is dance education, then it really is a great way to build relationships, right. meet new choreographers, artistic directors, um, and meet new dancers, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when we go to these dance conventions and we do these things, you're, you're essentially around some of the same people, right? you know, and you, 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 you'll, you'll eventually see them at different auditions, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, we, we partnered with a few organizations that were willing to offer scholarships, which again, the objective is to help people further their dance education. Yeah. At our Glendale event, we actually had a gentleman, his name is Darius, um, get a full scholarship for this summer. It's amazing. And he's 15, he's 14. Congratulations, Dar Darius. Darius. Yeah, Darius. congratulations, Darius. We'll give you, we'll give you some, give too. Give a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I had been working with Darius since he was 10. That's crazy. That is... So it really... Low-key is like, you know, I had a little something to do with that. <laughs> but that's the point. When, yeah. when, they, when they called his name for the scholarship, I was shocked. Because even though we offer these different scholarships, I have very little influence. Little mm -hmm. to none over who actually who gets, gets it. it. Right. And so... And I like to keep it that way. I like my faculty to just choose everything yeah. based on what they see in class and how that, you know, plays out for them. But when they wanted to give it to him, I was just overjoyed yeah because it, it i've known him since he was 10 little proud father moment yeah <laughs> like it just it was wonderful so he's going to new york this summer he's gonna spend i think five four or five weeks that's amazing which i'm like yes go get your butt kicked and like <laughs> go have a great experience and and go be around dancers who eat sleep and breathe especially yeah. at like that young of an age to yes. do that that just like being surrounded by that just yes. amplifies like everything. Yes. Especially, I feel like in in the dance community, I feel like it's um, I'm not sure if this is completely accurate, but this yeah. is just my understanding of it. Is that it's kind of similar to to football. Um, and you and I actually did have this conversation when we were talking about <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. A yeah. While um, but I feel like it's kind of similar to football in the sense that it's one of those things that you you are, but in order to make it, you start so young. You know. Um, yeah, and your I, dedication through it is yes. But I then was, I'm thinking also. You, I remember your your story. You started not that no, early. I was not young. Yeah, I was, yeah. So that kind of made me yeah, confused, yeah. But. Well, for sports, definitely. You either you got it or you don't. Right. Right. Um, I started dancing at the age of 15. Okay. And so I'll, everyone's always like, "How did you start dancing?" And um, I was just we were at a pep rally and the dance production performed and I said I could do that. Yeah. Never danced a day in my life. That's Outside crazy. of, you know, just grooving at the little, you know, <laughs> at the little dances and stuff like that or in your living room. Yeah, yeah. But had never taken a dance class, had never really knew anything about the world of dance. And so the following week after that pep rally, I show up to their auditions and um, I'm in jeans. I'm in a button up shirt. I dress like how I dress to school. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is in ballet buns, leotards, jazz shoes, ballet shoes, stretching, legs up to their ear. And I said, girl, that don't hurt. And so, <laughs> and 
And then all of a sudden, the choreographer yeah, yeah, yeah. says, five, six, seven, eight. I said, hold on, we have no math? Like, I'm confused <laughs> what's supposed to happen. But there was nothing graceful about the way that I moved. There was nothing interesting. I think they let me on because I was a boy. Uh, Which is fine, I'll take it. I will take that, that male like privilege in that. <laughs> no, um, but I was just inspired. And I was so motivated that when they let me on, I soaked up everything. So... I would attend rehearsals that I wasn't casted in. I would participate in different things that I wasn't initially a part of. But all of it, I just soaked it in. So whether it was hip-hop, whether it was jazz, whether it was modern, all the different styles, I had no, nothing to compare it to. So in that, I was just so enamored, so in awe of all of it. And um, I'm really grateful that I was because it made me appreciate all of it, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And so the following year, I actually ended up in New York. I auditioned for this thing, and then it was a whole thing, and I did a competition. So I was in New York for a whole week um, at the age of 16. And wow. so in having that experience, yeah, yeah. I, I competed in a um, national AXO competition, which was hosted by the NAACP. And so awesome. at 16, I'm in New York, all expenses paid through the NAACP. Uh, yeah. And I'm there. I audition. I make the top 17. Don't ask me how. <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's a year into you dancing. That was, yes. That give is, or take a year. So you're obviously months. good. Hey, well, <laughs> so you had it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was good off the jump. <laughs> yes. Well, and so I'm in New York. And again, my parents, we didn't have any money. You know, right. again, just still didn't have a concept of training and all these different right. things. There was a lot of resources that I did not have access to, mm -hmm. but still found my way in New York. And again, placed in the top 17, and then the rest of the week I'm rehearsing with all the other 16 dancers because they wanted us to perform in the closing ceremony. Wow. And so I'm working with like choreographers from like the Lion King and stuff. Like it's no. crazy. And I have a, essentially a pre-professional dance experience. And while all my other friends and everyone that I travel to New York with um, are going to look at sight, you know, sightseeing and doing different things, I'm in rehearsal. The whole time, all day. And so it's wonderful because um, it really showed me where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Carter's like crawling under the cameras <laughs> to not be in the shot. You did a good job. You could just walk through them. It's fine. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I'm, I'm in New York for a week, placed in the top 17. I have this pre-professional experience. Changes my entire worldview right. of dance. And right. I meet dancers from all over the country who eat, sleep, and breathe it. And I see their hunger, their passion, their drive. And it shows me um, a standard in dance. Yeah, I think right. that's like the biggest thing. Um, even for us, I feel like... Yeah. It's hard for us to like meet a standard when we don't know the standard, right? Because there's no one else that's really doing our age that's doing, doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. Well, yes, and part of that, part of that, honestly, everyone has their own standard of excellence. Mm -hmm. What that actually means to you, and so what I always look for when I'm listening to podcasts or um, watching different, you know, commentators or people being interviewed or you know things like that, I'm always looking at the quality of the preparation. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I love listening to people that know how to navigate a conversation, not just know how to talk. Right. Right. Cause you, you know, you, you could be talking and not saying nothing at all. Yeah. That's, that's what true. I, that's what I was talking to my mom about. Um, because she, she always gets on my case about the ums and the uhs. Yeah. And it's like, in a sense, yes. Right. That's like not the greatest thing to listen to. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you, I'd rather drop a bunch of ums and then come with something that's more thoughtful and thought yeah. out. <clears throat> 
and just be talking my ass off about nothing for like an hour and <laughs> a half. People right? do that. Yeah, that's the Gosh. thing. Me and me and Ryan had a conversation about this. Um, it's so like the the podcast game is so unfair because um, what we were talking <coughs> about was if you already have the audience, mm-hmm. we have like there's Nelk, there's Impulsive, there's like mm-hmm. all these uh, I guess people do, doing social media, and they have that genu- general audience already. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. And so it's really important for us to talk about real stuff compared to them just what talking for an hour and a half about Fair each enough. other. Well, it, it's, like, it's like they're yeah. – it's like what we talked about with the built-in audiences. I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of the podcasts that he just named up. No. But yeah, I wasn't either. And then – so he, so he, he told <laughs> me about these podcasts YouTubers and likes. I checked it out. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and it's like these people are – in our age demographic, how old is uh what's Logan Paul like twenty five, twenty six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. target audiences younger kids. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. like these young adults to middle sure. adults, right? Sure. That um, actually, I think his was pretty decent. He oh, actually yeah. does a pretty good job on he, his. He his thing is uh, having guests on. Yeah. So there's For a guest lot, based, yeah. There's a lot more to I guess uh, branch off of. Um, well, he has the pull to do that too. Yeah, yeah. And then he also has uh, two two of his friends. I like this co-host. Yeah, the so older guy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a twenty four or twenty five year old dude with a thirty year old recovering drag addict. Yeah, and then one of his other friends. You know. Yeah, so but there was one that you showed me that was like, um, it's the Barstool one. The with, uh, with Dave Portnoy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Joshua. Yeah, James. it's mm-hmm. like and, these TikTok people, right? Yeah. Um, and. Like, while I think that Dave Portnoy can actually, it's like the gimmick of it is that he's, he's like this older dude yeah, who's he's trying like to understand, that he's trying to understand the TikTok on, you know? crowd, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which they do a good job of playing off of that gimmick, but yeah. you listen to the guy, um, the, with Josh Richards, Josh he's Richards, like the TikToker, yeah. right? He's yeah. probably like a year older, he's probably your age, Carter. Um, and when he, when he talks, it, it's, it flows pretty well, right? right? But he, he's not talking about anything, you know? And it's. So that was, like, another frustrating moment for us was, like, <laughs> dude, this kid just pretty much re- – they would, like, ask him a question, and he would just reiterate the question in answer yeah. form. So, they, yeah, they yeah. could be, like, what color is the sky? And he's, like, the sky's a color, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so <laughs> – Yeah, and but we, yeah. we kind of just, like – it was more of him being there as the TikTok guy. Yeah. You know, it, it really doesn't matter what he's saying. It's yeah. more of him being there to – uh, to command the audience, to to bring the audience in, bring the audience in sure. and contradict Dave Portnoy. Yeah, but to but for us, like a big thing with with what we're trying to do is, we're trying to like, we don't have that audience that's gonna come to see us, right? We what we're trying to build is, or that's what we're trying to build. We don't right. come with that built-in audience, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like the buzzword of the day, right? <laughs> but um, but like we're trying to bring people to this platform to hear us talk. And so we're having like this what we've been having trouble with is like the like what makes us unique. Like that kind of ties us all back to what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um and part of that you have to go you have to go back to your story. Mhm. Right? So what makes me unique? What and Eric Thomas the hip hop preacher um talks about this. He says, "What qualifies you to mm-hmm. speak in front of an audience?" Right. And um I remember one day he asked me that question. I was like, oh, oh, well, let me think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, started dancing at 15. So in that, and still found a way to become a professional. Right. Right. I got signed to an agency about 90 days prior to graduating college. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, I remember I taught at, um, you know, Abby Lee Dance Company, which is 
from the show Dance yeah. Moms. I got to teach at her studio a few That's times. Crazy. And I remember being in the room and I'm like, I'm in that room. I'm in the room. <laughs> and I remember going, wow. And yet I didn't have a linear experience. I didn't start at the age of three and do all this stuff that you see on TV or do all this other stuff. And again, I still ended up in a space like this. Right. So you kind of have to look at your story and value the things that you've endured uh, because it, it, it is the unique perspective that you have. Right. So when I started dancing at 15, I had no idea what it would turn into. But when I was in New York by 16, I decided that I was going to, I was going to, I was going to take it as far as it will go. And I said, right. I said, because of this experience and because of the people that I met, I saw that dance could take you around the world. Right. So I'm going to do it. I don't know what that means, but I came back to Sacramento with just long-term on my brain. Yeah. And so in that I ended up going to college by 17, ended up becoming a dance major, not intentionally, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually I did. And, um, I had a lot of hardships in college, you know, right. um, I attempted suicide twice, once as right. a freshman and once as a fifth year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was really hard to learn how to navigate my mental health, my emotional health. It was really challenging learning how to navigate um, my growth as a person or just my maturity, right? I had to learn how to be responsible for myself. Right. And I kind of took those things to heart. But again, um, I ended up homeless at one point. Mm -hmm. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. And people go, oh, you were in college. Everyone goes through it. I'm like, no, I slept in a park. Yeah. Shared a can of beans with the homeless guy. Um, and, and that was my, and then, and then waking up the next day and still having to go to class, you could smell my socks through my shoes and I'm sitting with friends while they're eating and I'm hoping that they don't finish it <laughs> so yeah. that I could eat it. Like that was my reality right. for some time. And so I felt like everything that I went through, went through right. and everything that I've achieved to your guys's point was from the ground up. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to love myself and love my life, learn how to value my experiences. And so now when I work with people, I don't take no for an answer. Right. Now when, you know, people talk to me about their hardships, like when you called and you said, Hey, I applied to all these internships and only two or three got back to me and this is what's going on. And I'm like, but that's still progress. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do with where you are today? Right. You know, and so in, in learning how to use your story to build those relationships or to connect with your audience. Um, or to create or um, identify those distinctions. For me, there is a certain level of grit that is very clear when you. Meet I was just me. about to say that. You yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll it's talk like tenacity. Yeah. 100%. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And so, in that, as you guys focus on building your audience, and as you guys, you know, focus on what other people are doing, you really have to look inward and kind of focus on what you're doing. And two, you have to stop comparing what you're doing to somebody else right. there's room for everybody yeah. you know what i'm saying right. what right. you were saying oh no i was just gonna say definitely it's it's good to have these long-term goals but if you're yes. stuck up on um you don't see big progress yes i think uh it's really it's easy to jump off the train yeah right? it's yeah like, you it's really hard to appreciate the small stuff if you can't appreciate i guess like the, well the and the progress well this and the small things amount to the big things yeah. Like I, again, my company being an idea this time last year, I didn't spend the last 10 years going, I'm going to start a convention and I'm going to, that was not a thing. Right. 
um, I started my convention, one, to help and equip dancers and do all of that great community stuff. But, in, you know, when you're a creative, there is no 401k plan. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to find a way to scale your efforts and yeah. leverage your efforts so that you can actually really get the bag. <laughs> yeah. And so in that, I got tired of um, having to do work, you know, whether it was teaching, whether it was touring, whether it was all that kind of I, I was limited by what I could just do by myself. Mm-hmm. That wasn't working for me anymore. Yeah. You know, and so I had to figure out a way, what, what, what system can I build or develop that's going to pay me more, um, but I'm still able to live through, you know, live out my purpose and still bring all of my strengths and my gifts and all the things that I care about to one medium. I feel like really trusting the process is mm-hmm. like what I'm getting out of this. I yeah. Like I, you have to. Yeah. But I, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. oh yeah, I was just going to say, I think um, a big thing that I pulled from what you were talking about and. I feel like we're drawing back to like a lot of conversations that we had in the yeah, past, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you, yeah. For, for the we listeners, talk, we, we never we, just high by. Oh my god, we, we just, talk. How's the weather? Nah, bro. We got <laughs> we got minutes. we got on a, we got on, <laughs> no we got on a call to talk about to set this up. Yeah. Just, and I was planning on like time, location, um, and just like maybe like a five minute call. Oh my god, we talked for like like probably forty five minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I was gonna say it was that I think a big thing is just embracing like embracing like the low points right um and i think what you when you talked about you've been through a lot in this um like to get to where you are right um you know i think just and i think this goes for for any profession you know a lot of people just aren't built for for the for the grind you know um and i oh sorry well no just to your point i think a lot of people don't take into account that the grind comes at a cost right yeah Right. You know, and when you when we talk about it, it's like people have vision for the success, but they don't have vision for, for the, the persistence yeah. and for the journey. You know, we can talk big, giant audience sitting in front in an, you know, an arena and there's 2000 people listening to you guys talk. But on a day to day, how are you actually building yourself to be ready for that? Right. I mean, because think about it. The things that you want, if you had it right now, would you be able to? Would you be, could be you handle it? it? Yeah, <laughs> he's like totally. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I genuinely think we're built for this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, I, so I was, I told, I actually did tell Jadel this about you, in particular, Kara. Um, was that we and about Carter too? I was telling him that um, how proud I just was of all the guys that yeah. like this group that we've assembled, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm really lucky that you guys are all like family to me, right? We all like we all went to high school, we played sports together, right? We Ride around in the car together all the time when we were in high school, right? <laughs> this kid drove me every baseball practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like like he like him, his now brother. He's in Spokane. Yeah, now he's, yeah, now he's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. But yeah, but like him, we were just um, surrounded by each other a long time. Cause, yeah, yeah, especially because with my big brother too, um, they were closer to age. Uh, Kiro's Carter's age, so mm-hmm. they were homies. So I mean, yeah, so by these guys. Yeah, much. and so I'm I'm really lucky to have you guys. Um, doing this and i think just the moment that i had where i was like really really proud was that um was that carter did carter so we we went into so we did like two episodes and we were like when we first started recording with this group yeah and we were like okay dude these were good episodes with the chemistry is obviously there yes just we need talking points right we need to know what we're talking about pause which you always tell me i told him that (laughs) from the very beginning i was like you need talking points (laughs) Right when you listen to these other things like you know the Breakfast Club and stuff, there are segments. Okay, yeah. I tune into the Rumor Report. You understand? Yeah. Yes, but continue. But yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was like, okay, well, we got to get some talking points out. 
I texted Carter. I'm like, hey, can you whip up a couple things for me? Sure. Um, and I, what I was expecting was like maybe like one or two bullet points per topic, right? Maybe yeah. like four topics, a couple bullet points. Yeah. This kid had like five pages of notes. It's like a whole essay. <laughs> this, kid, this kid wrote out like thought for thought what he was thinking about. Yeah. And I was like so impressed. You know, are you crying? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if he was, what's the problem? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, I was, I was just really proud of Carter for that. Um, you know, I, I was like, I've never had, or I'm not to say that I've never had it, but it was just like a feeling of, oh, this guy has my back. You yeah. Know? This guy is going to show up for me. Yeah. More than I expected him to show up too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, that was probably one of the best episodes we've recorded and we've only gone up from there, you know? Yeah. Um, like we do these, we do these meetings now before we podcast where we're yeah. before it used to be like, maybe we'll talk 15 minutes before about what we're going to talk about right. and that's it. Right. But now we're getting how we, we were on the phone for what? Seven hours this one night. We last week, yeah, we last week seven, seven, hours. seven hours on a zoom call. I can't. We started the zoom call. <laughs> we started the zoom call when it was yeah. around midnight and I went to get breakfast when we finished. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like seven in the morning. Yeah. And that was during my finals week. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. Oh, I don't want to put that out there. Ryan helped me. Yeah. I, I helped him study for his final. <laughs> yeah. We took like, like a little break where I'm like, he's like, you're good at English, right? And I'm like, I can speak it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then Akira, I was just like, you know, I, I've like watched Akira, you know, like your formative, your formative years or like your high school yeah. years, right? Um, and so I like met Akira when he was in eighth grade. And to see where he is now, it's like, and granted, I'm only a year older than him, right? So it's yeah. like, and I sound like I'm like 110, but, um, but Akira, like he, he had a buddy fly back home from college that he hadn't seen in three months. Right. Wow. Um, and it, this is probably one of his best friends. Right. Yeah. And he went over to go to dinner at their house mm-hmm. and I texted him. I'm like, Hey, are we still, we're going to, we're still good to record just yeah. so we can make sure that everyone's okay. And he's like, dude, I'm like at this dinner. His parents are talking to me, this, that. Yeah. Like, he had, he had a lot of reasons to not go home and record. Um, and so I'm like waiting on the call or on like for him to text me back. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, so like, what's the plan? Like, I need to know the plan so that we can record before yeah. we can record. And he's like, okay, give me like one second. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. I'm like prepared to just be like, we're going to have to scrap this podcast. Right. Yeah. And and it's definitely, I don't want to say, like, we've been, like, lazy in the past, sure. but there's, like, when we first started recording over winter break, yeah. there were, like, days where it's, like, you know, dude, like, let's just not do it today, right? We we it came... Was just, it was easier to, like, not do it. Yeah, I came, I came home over like... last summer with mm-hmm. this idea of, okay, we're going to put out, like, 30 episodes, right, while I'm home for three months. And, you know, we, we ended up putting out, what, like, five? <laughs> maybe five or six just because like our schedules never lined up and yeah. this and that um and you know i was like okay like we're we might be back to square one with that right um and then he texts me he's like i'll be home in 20 the kid lives like 45 minutes away i don't know how you got back in 20 but that that like hey i drive fast yeah <laughs> yeah but i was on i was on the phone um i was i was hanging out with my buddy when i was texting akira and i was just like cheesing the whole time i'm like dude like this is like it's shown a lot of progress from yeah. where we were last summer to where we are now. Um, yeah. yeah, and it, it really made me feel good that that like I know it's a sacrifice, right? Like, do you want to be racing home from your buddy who you haven't seen in a long time to go do something that's now 
turned into kind of like a job almost, right? Where yeah. we have to like put in all these hours, right? And it meant and it meant a lot to me that um that you it's that you did that. Yeah. 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 And if you don't fulfill the commitment, like yeah, it it almost makes me like question like why am I doing that? Well, you it know? goes back to like where. Like we said, like not everyone is built for that, you know. Like it's a sacrifice, yeah. right? So I think that yeah, well, that just was having vision for it, it to succeed long term. Yeah, yeah, and even on that call that we um, we were up till seven a.m. The Sevy, <laughs> the Sevy. Yeah, um, we could have recorded that whole night. Yeah, was honestly, it was it was funny, but, um, but I didn't record it. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is. Um, we we like just spent so much time like manifesting. We were just like, oh, like, he's gonna have some questions. Yeah. yeah, we were just we were we were just talking for so long because like we were able to just bounce off each other. We were like, yeah, oh, we're gonna get to this. Like we're gonna do this. Yeah, like we all we pretty much we wrote had, out we not wrote out but we thought out like a five year plan. You know, um, good. Just of what we want in the future and how we can get to that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I thought that was really important to do with you guys. Yeah. I think. Yeah. When I left L.A., I gave myself five years to figure out what that system was going to be. Because I knew I was going to own a business. Right. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to work for people forever. Right. But I said, I'm going to leave L.A. And I'm going to give myself five years. And then I'm going to go for it. Whatever mm -hmm. it was. And so within that five years, I learned how to be a more effective teacher. I learned, I literally learned how to teach various styles to various ages. I literally learned how to um, scale my income as a dance educator so that it was full-time income. And I just learned all these things that like, you know, were, you know, helped me kind of sustain, um, you know, being a, a successful creative. Right. Um, and then that time came and then it turned into what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, okay. But to, to your point about just building something out, having the vision as to where, you know, where you're starting, but also where you're going, it's just so important. And sometimes I, and I, I want to say this, it's okay if you're the only one that can see it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely told me that. Before. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. I, I love that. Um, Will Smith had talked about that at one point because sometimes you're the only one that's meant to see it. Right. And if you can see it, that means you can do it. And, and then it's meant for you to have to bring into fruition. Right. Right. And so I was talking to someone, um, just the other day and they were complaining that, you know, other people weren't, you know, crediting them and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, it's okay. Because the reality is by the time the world catches on you, you've been an expert at this thing that you're doing. Right. I'll give you an example. I was uh, listening to this, um, influencer talk about Ed Sheeran he had put out several EPs prior to his hit that actually got him into the mainstream mm -hmm. and part of his part of the hang-up for him was that labels would say I can't market you you're short you're kind of chubby you have red hair he's not a pretty dude at all right <laughs> but <clears throat> but he put out several projects <laughs> until one of them caught the mainstream attention right but and so in that we're catching on to Ed Sheeran, but he's been doing this for years. Yeah. You know, I have friends that um, they would do the TikTok challenges, and uh, they're the ones who made the Savage Remix challenge go viral. Yeah. Huh. They blew it up. Like, blew it so so up that Beyonce sent them Ivy Park stuff. 
Wow. I think it, I think Akira did that dance one time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the crazy thing, because then they were interviewed on like different news stations, etc. Yeah, they had been putting out videos for years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you're just now catching on to what they've been doing. And so you're looking at it like, dang, I want to do that. I want to do that. But then you go look at their catalog. I remember when they just they just had their like iPhone camera set up and they just dancing and, and, and doing dance covers and different things like that. Mm, yeah. So in that, um, yeah, people will catch on, you know, at when the time is right. But right. I, I think people have to look at the responsibility of the platform. It's one thing to be applauded. It's another thing um, to take responsibility for the content or for the influence that you mm-hmm. then are developing. And to acknowledge it. Right? Yeah, because, you know, like you guys said, there's a lot of people saying a lot and doing a lot. And what they're trying to do is convert their um, their audiences into this new platform. But with what you guys have is a, a unique opportunity to, to reach people that are where you are. You know, right. people that remind you of yourselves. You go right? Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to see what, how long is it? I want to say like an hour 30. Okay. Yeah, um, it's not actually two hours. Oh, oh, okay. That's not actually two hours. Okay. I was like, oh God. I was like, only two hours. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Wow. I feel like even just like this hour and a half, we've just like <laughs> been just chopping it up, you know? Um, I feel like every time I talk to you, there's like so much wisdom <laughs> that I, oh, for sure. that I catch on to, you know? And I, and I always walk away from, a conversation with you feeling like I have a better idea of what what my next yeah. play is. I had a mentor. I had a lot of mentors. But um, I had a mentor. Every time I talked to him, he'd be like, what are you working on now? And if I ever had the same story, he'd hang up the phone. What? <laughs> yes. And it was, it was, it, he was the kind of mentor that if he called, you had to answer, hello? Yeah. yeah. And um, they would call him Mr. International because he was always in a different country. It was like I Pitbull? I kid you not. <laughs> um, Mr. Roll- oh, yeah, that's Mr. Roll- Mr. Roll- <laughs> Mr. International. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just like my final question to you is um, because you've been such a big mentor to me, you know, obviously like mm-hmm. Carter's cousin, Savannah, a good friend of mine. We love Savannah. Yeah, shout, out, shout out to you, Savannah. <laughs> yeah, shout out Daisy. Um, that's Savannah. Yeah, I, I just, I was, I just had a couple questions about, like, how, like, because you always tell me what your mentor told you, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does that mean to you to be a mentor to us? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't really think about it like that. Like, I don't think of it like I'm bestowing all of the, like, on people. Right. I don't think of it like that. Right. But, um... I don't think there's enough people that help to equip people to get to the next level. I agree. Right. You know, everyone's this when you've done something on your own. Right. But there, and and also there are always a lot of people that are like, that don't want to see, they want to, they're like, uh, what's called? Um, oh my God, I hate the word and I can't remember. What's it called when they, they're not like showing you something? Gatekeeping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a new word. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there, I feel like you, like, there are so many people that are in, like, your position where you could be, where, where they're, they they could be, like, teaching someone to do something or helping someone out yeah. or lending a, a helping hand, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and part of that is, you know, because I, ha- I had, again, a mentor that he would always ask, what you working on now? What's new? And um, I'd say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I would have a list, and he says... 
okay, but Jadelle, are you busy or are you productive? Uh, and so there, there, I feel like there's a shortage of people really trying to lend a helping hand. Here, yeah. I'm going to pull you up. Yeah. But there's also a shortage of people that are doers. Yeah. Right? So I had to learn how to become a doer. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take the time and share, I have to take the time to apply. Right. And so for me, um, when you interact with me, you know I'm all about purpose activation. You know I'm all about equipping people, encouraging people. I'm, I'm, I'm a strategist all day when it comes to that kind of stuff. So when oh, you're talking... <laughs> Oh, you're day. telling me. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I, we dude, we've had conversations where it's like like a very easy topic. <laughs> and, and you like are like, well, you could do this, but you could do this with like a, a 30 step plan. And it's like all planned out. I'm like, there's no way you just thought of that. <laughs> well, so I, that's me, right? When you interact with me, when you talk to me, I'm always about, okay, what's going to get you to the next level? Yeah. And, um, and, and, and part of that is, again, people spoke to me and treated me like that, which was great because it, it really allowed me to just take responsibility for my gifts, take responsibility for my past, take responsibility for my future. And so um, I have this one, one mentee, her name is Shawnee, and we were talking recently and I said, girl, you know, you're really great with um, physical fitness, but I think you should go into um, getting certified in progressive ballet technique. She's a beautiful ballet dancer, but she loves physical fitness. I said, but you like it as it pertains to dance training, et cetera. And I said, PBT is this thing that's been around, but people are just now catching on to it. I said, by the time you get done with your BFA program, you'll have that under your belt so that at the very least as a teacher, you'll have a little bit more to play with when it comes to things that you specialize in. That was two weeks ago. And then out over the weekend, she sends me a message. I got certified. Nah. I said, see, that's why I mess with you. Because <laughs> you you, you're, you're a doer. Yeah. So for me, I don't really look at it as I'm this person that knows a bunch of stuff. But there, I do have this wisdom about things. Um, and I try not to have so much opinion. I try to strive to have perspective. And with perspective comes understanding. Right. right? So I like to understand people. I like to understand things. But at the end of the day... When we talk about success or when we talk about growth as a person, when we talk about building, you have to be cognizant um, of what your day-to-day -day actually is for that. And you have to you have to make time for it, you know? And so whenever we talk, I see that you're trying. Mm -hmm. I see that you're trying. But here's what I learned. A lot of people don't like to share or give because they think that it takes from them. Right. Right. So a lot of people are like, I won't connect you with this person because then it then that like takes I'm their really, attention from me. Yeah. I don't lose anything by helping and supporting. Yeah. I don't lose anything by um, investing. Yeah. Um, I had a friend, really great friend of mine, he's slightly older than me, amazing dancer, come to our first event and he actually bought a ticket. And I wanted to cry because people don't show up with the dollar. Mm -hmm. They don't. But they, they're so cool to you know support you behind the scenes. They're so cool to reshare on Instagram or whatever it is, right. but they don't support with that dollar amount. You right. know, and I, I thought that was, that just was amazing. So in that, um, yeah, I, I don't mind sharing. I don't mind helping, um, and connecting because again, we can't get anywhere yeah. without relationships. Yeah. And at the very least, if we begin to understand the value of relationships, then we'll treat them differently. We won't mm -hmm. just treat people like high and by, or we won't just be takers. We'll be givers. You know, I'm at right. a point in my life where all my friends were put on notice. If you are not giving to me, you can go. 
I love you though. But I had to get to a place where, again, my relationships had to be mutually beneficial. Because in that, I still have things that I need to do even beyond this point. Right. And so when it comes to people in your inner circle, you know, they have to be able to speak life into you. They have to be able to pray for you. They have to be able to um, encourage you and invest in you. So mm -hmm. whether that's time, energy, money. I know for me, when I meet with people, um, my mentor would always say, treat them to a meal. You know, if you're trying to get something from someone in terms of building a relationship or trying to get mentorship from someone, offer to buy them a meal. They'll show up. And people love to get candid over some food. And for me... Oh, yeah, we're going to get some food in a minute. Yes. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I learned in that um, when, you can, when you can get good at having access to people, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Right? My mentor would always say, Jadel, do you want an elevator ride with Oprah or do you want an invite to one of her luncheons? Which, one, which, which situation do you think you'll have more of her ear? The luncheon. The elevator? What are you talking about? Because that means we're at we're at her house. That's true. She kicking it. They, it's not, like not putting on. Like, she's, she's no, of course. No, dude. You finna get off the elevator in like 30 seconds anyway. Hey, you got I'll speak time. quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got limited time. Yeah. That, that reminds me of the question. Like the, um, Have you heard about this? That it's been like this big thing for the last couple of years on Twitter. Is uh, Would you rather have, what was it, like half a million dollars or lunch with Jay or dinner with Jay-Z? And that's a good question. Well, what's your answer? I would love to have dinner with Jay Z. Yeah, probably get five hundred mil. For yeah, no, no, well, yeah, well, you so get you get a you get a lot of game, and I think that's what a lot of people say. I just no, seriously, I just feel like no. in the position that I'm at right now. <laughs> no, um, half a mil might do me some good. <laughs> I so I was at a convention, and one of the choreographers, his name is Phil Wright. One of his videos actually just went viral like last week, and he was on Good Morning America. Mm -hmm. He he's choreographed for like Lil Nas X, right, um, and other people. But I remember I was sitting there. We ended up having lunch, and he was right there. And I'm like, oh, this is my chance. Because what I love about his career is that he teaches all over the world. Right. He teaches everywhere. And I, again, going back to my original mission, I want dance to take me around the world. This is before I was touring and teaching. And so long story short, I'm sitting there, where, and I'm just, asking, I'm just picking his brain. Yeah. How do you do this? How do you get on these platforms? You know, how do you do this? And he... He shared such great wisdom and it was simple, but it was, he was like, dude, you just gotta, you gotta make sure that you love the kids. Mm. He said, but you really have to, when it comes to their parents, be likable to the parents as well. Right. So you really have to work on your perception on this, uh, you know, on those, on those stages in teaching and in the classrooms as well as off. And so he just gave me a lot of strategy as to how to go about navigating, getting in those spaces. Literally three months later, I was hired to finally get and teach for a dance convention. Right. Had I not had that conversation, I wouldn't have had that understanding of here's how I get my foot in the door. And so that was, what, six six or so years ago. And now teaching for conventions. Tour, I tour, I've taught in almost, I want to say, like just this past year alone, I taught in a dozen states. It's crazy. Like this year, 2022. I know, because I always be calling you that. and you're like, hey, I can't talk I right can't now. Get I'll around. fly back in. I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm Seriously. In. I forgot where the last place you called me from was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Never home. <laughs> never home. It's, yeah. So in that, I mean, even just these last couple of days, I was setting a solo on a dancer here in the Bay Area, but I live in Sacramento. So I've been, you know, staying here 
just on this side of the bay these last couple of days because that's what I do, right? I just yeah. come in, do my thing, and I go get the bag. And um, yeah, so in that, um, had I not had that conversation, and he was super open, super chill about it, it was yeah. wonderful, and he didn't try to, he didn't try to act better or bigger than what he was. He just was being honest, yeah. and I love that. So in that, you know, having those one on ones, so important. So important. So yeah. you you could give me the money, but I need the wisdom to um, steward over the opportunity. Yeah. Right. And that's why you know again in the things that we desire, if you had all of it, you'd mistreat it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. You'd mistreat it because you wouldn't have the wisdom to be able to maintain it. Yeah. To care for it, you know. I learned that just even being married. I was about know? to say I, was, <laughs> have, I haven't offered the formal congratulations on the pod. <laughs> but yeah, I saw the video. Looks Thank sweet. you. Yeah, congratulations. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit. My wife is amazing. Her name is Kristen. Yeah, she's super awesome. smart. If you think I'm deep, if you think I'm a strat, she's. Oh like, no, I remember like, I talked to her a little bit too. She was she's <laughs> just on a whole other level. Yeah. Two master's degrees. I mean, oh. she's just a wonderful. And she wonderful gives you the person. business. She talks to you like she you like something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> that's not what I meant. No, she's very blunt and like. Yes, is that my phone? It is my phone. Oops, that's really. No, yeah, she she talks to you like you're a person. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and um, and again, just beautiful person. When we got together, oh, this is so funny. So when we got together, I remember. First of all, I'll tell you the story. You gotta flex. We. Story, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. <laughs> so, I remember one time we hung out and we went to this like restaurant and it was during the day and people thought we were a couple we weren't a couple and so people were just like oh you and you and your girlfriend look cute together and i was like this the homie (laughs) like we were friends for like 10 years i Mm -hmm. met her when i was an undergrad i was getting my bachelor's she was getting her first master's which is cool at this particular hangout she goes yeah i've been in love with you and i i could see myself you know marrying you having children building life and i'm gonna be honest with you i ghosted her after that <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably after giving her like whole speech of that you're just like whoa, whoa! Like, yes <laughs> i did and i we laugh about it because um i uh, like i unghosted her because i accidentally pocket 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 dialed her uh, and so i was like hello hello <laughs> hey and i tried to play it off no. just like nah <laughs> no but um i came back at like a month or two later like all right i heard everything you said let's do it what? seriously so you're in i was in and so this was um, right when the world got shut down with COVID. And um, we had conversations about where we wanted to be and what we valued. I mean, quite literally, what's your credit score? Um, what else? I, you know, she wanted to have children at, in a certain time frame and if I was cool with that. And we just had, you know, different conversations. We had known each other, but it was more so here's what I want to do and here's what I want to build. Do you align with that? And so when when I said yes, I, I had an understanding of what we were both willing to commit to. And it was a beautiful thing. And so to fast forward six months later, I proposed. Yeah. And um, I ended up, we it, so how it went down was she wanted to have like a couple's photo shoot. Anyone that knows me knows I don't like to take pictures. You either got to catch me candidly or catch me later. Okay? <laughs> um, it's all these one-liners, man. <laughs> but um, we're at the photo shoot, 
And um, it, even just planning that was kind of crazy. But I ended up popping the question. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous. I was so nervous that I planned everything out. But I never practiced saying the words, will you marry me? Oh. So I'm over here stuttering. Oh, I'm no. crying. I'm over here like, uh, uh, I didn't know what to say. Um, and so, yes, she said yes. She said yes. And I didn't even hear it because I was just so like. Overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. Just adrenaline. Yes. Oh, I was all shaken. And um, long story short, we ended the night with a surprise engagement party. So I brought all of our friends and family together. I even flew out her mother, who she hadn't seen in like five years. Whoa. Her mother lives in Southern California. So I flew her out. Her mother also is blind. So when we get to the party, we open the door. Everyone goes, uh, congratulations, that whole thing. And then everyone, she's like, oh my gosh. She's like taking it back. And I said, wait, there's one more surprise. So I go and get her mom from the back room. Everyone starts crying. Everyone oh starts I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start crying. Yes. Super so all my friends like planned this whole engagement party. And so it was beautiful. And then we technically eloped two months later. So we got married December 30th of 2020. We eloped. But because we were engaged, we had already started planning our actual wedding. That wedding's crazy. So long story short. Oh, they were turned up. (laughs) I had the front row be on Instagram the whole time. So we eloped where it was just me, my wife, and our friend. Um, And then a year later, we actually had our ceremony. And so we ended up having a destination wedding in Jamaica. We flew first class, 24-hour butlers, like the whole thing. I don't drink, but I had a drink in my hand for nine days. (laughs) We we, we got to take a catamaran cruise, which was beautiful. Awesome. Ended up on the boat with one of Wiz Khalifa's producers. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Here's the crazy thing, and this is, I want to say this. Paid cash for everything. Wow. Cash. Walked away from a destination wedding, debt-free. Wow. wow. I've only, as a creative, have ever had dance-related jobs. I've never worked at a Starbucks. I've never worked in a corporate office. I've never... Yeah. I, wow. This is the point where my resume, I don't even know if it's updated. <laughs> because Jeez. I just... I just be doing it. You just do it. So... Starbucks, 2009. Well, and believe it or not, we saved uh, so much money. Because we tried to have something here in the States. We really did. Mm-hmm. Um... We looked at this mansion in Stockton, and my friend and one of my friends had gotten married there. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. We can have the reception here. We have the ceremony there. And it was like a 10-bedroom, so we could all stay the night and and do the overnight thing. And that would have turned out to be like 40 grand. So we literally saved from what we actually ended up doing. We ended up saving... I want to say about 25K. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I don't care about weddings. Anyone this is, knows this me, is the I'm real not, game, everybody. <laughs> I'm not, like, I don't care about weddings. They never start on time. The food is always eh. Mm. And, and you never can Have hear what they Chinese say wedding? anyway. <laughs> yeah. Are you to a Chinese wedding? No, but I feel like you guys turn all the way up. Oh. oh it's and funny. y'all give money. See, that's oh, why. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah, give red envelopes. envelopes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I told my wife, I said, I, I, I don't want to pay all this money for people to eat, mm-hmm. but I do want to pay all this money to, to wake up on a beach. Yeah. So that's what we, we ended up doing. That's beautiful. Yeah. It yeah. Was, what it we was... got you down for, for the, the wedding, for the wedding game. For the wedding game insights. <laughs> this is the real game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was cool. Um, ended up getting her five carrots. Wow. Anyone that knows rings. I didn't know what I was getting into, right? Uh, but she showed me, the cool thing is that she showed me some rings that she liked. And That's so I, good. 
when I went to go look for rings, um, you know, they have all the selections. When I saw her ring, I just started crying. Yeah. I remember you I told did. me that. Yeah. I just started crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a ring right there. Let <laughs> me get that one. And I negotiate everything. Yeah. I negotiate <laughs> everything. You can't pay full price. Come that's on. That's what I'm saying. So um, I always say, you know, women choose the dress, we choose the ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, no, it, it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And it's it's the one thing we definitely, we definitely don't regret it. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are like, damn, I'm still paying off our wedding. We got married three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, but it was hard coming back. The service in Jamaica, like the because you don't want to come Jamaica back, is amazing, really? amazing. Oh, I'm sure. Like I, we had we had the butler service, and um, they give you a private phone. Only has one number. That's nice. So like you call the butler, and I had we had two it's of like them. Batman. Uh. <laughs> we had two two butlers, and so one of them, his name is Nicholas, and so he'd always answer the phone. Nicholas. Yes, yes, he would answer the phone. <laughs> That's this is Nicholas Butler. That's so funny. And then the other one was Marjorie, and so she would always go, "It's Marjorie, your butler." Aww. I kid you not. I said, "Hey Nick, um, I'm about to go up to the room. Can you make a bubble bath? I have to chill out." That's bougie. That's so fly. Yeah. That's so and fly. so twenty. I said, "I'm about to go have up in twenty minutes." My bubbles minutes. ready. <laughs> not only did he have the bubbles, he had like the rose petals. He yeah. had like a drink. He had food, everything. Oh, yeah, you were steezed out. It was wonderful. The full package. Full package. That's crazy. I, it was hard coming back because I was like, customer service in the States sucks. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, Trainer, can I get an extra pillow? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Um, no, you're telling me I lived in a hotel for a full year <laughs> for school. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> doesn't sound like that. No Nicholas in sight. Dude, we were on the <laughs> second floor and then there was like a door... That would go down, like it would go downstairs, and so you walk down, walk down, walk down, and it goes straight into the pool, oh, straight into the pool. Wow. Yeah. My yeah, wife so was like, "I want to get the room with the um with the jacuzzi inside the room," and I said, "Why?" And she said, "So we can, you know, hang out." And I said, "But uh, I ain't trying to do all that, all that." Jacuzzis <laughs> <laughs> are nice. No, uh, but it was cool. It was cool, and um, really proud of it because, again, just taking the last 10 years to build a career off of dance. Yeah. You know, and people ask me even, you know, how did you start your company? I said, with money. How did you, because, you know, everyone thinks, you know, dancers are broke, and a lot of them are. I'm for the bag, okay? <laughs> like, I'm not. Ain't nobody told me, <laughs> look, ain't nobody told me to be a starving artist. Anybody, why, why I got to be hungry? So, um, I just, I like to share all that, not so much to, um, to flex, but to show people you can, you can do it. But to flex a little I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, because no. if I'm going to do all that, because I was the type of person that said I'm never getting married, I'm never having children. Like, I was against all of that. And then you meet the right person, you're like, dang. It's yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it for you. Yeah. But if we're going to do all that, if I'm, if I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But no, I've just been very frugal the last couple of years. And so to like have those things as an option. Oh, yeah. I feel like... Getting to the point where you can treat yourself. Yes. You know, it, it feels so good. Especially knowing that, like, you're doing you're doing it out of money from something you love. Yeah. And it really feels, like, it's rewarding. genuine. Yeah. Yes. Genuinely rewarding. Yes. So, that, yeah, that, that's, it, it was amazing, just the whole trip and, and coming back and, you know, us not regretting anything, you know, mm -hmm. and I say regret because some people, you know, you talk to people who 
spend all this money on weddings and they say, yeah, we could have put that on a house or we could have done something else with that yeah. money. But uh, with Kristen and I, we're like, no, we had the best time and it was exactly what we wanted. Yeah. We had an all white party the day before because we got married on like for that trip. We got married on Valentine's Day. So the night before it was Super Bowl. Well, so you we, told me about this all white party. And when you yes. told me about it, I was very confused. I was like. All white party. <laughs> so you wear all white. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that's what that was. So that I was, was like, so it was crazy. all white people? <laughs> <Or> like... <laughs> so we had the all white party. And it was bougie. We had our signature drinks and all that. Oh, and cool. then when the we were done with the party, then the, the island had this whole Super Bowl party. So they had wow. like this huge projector screen thing on the beach. Yeah. Huh? A little two-in-one deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get so the, then they had that. Right. And like you, so you're watching the game, watching halftime. It's on this huge projector. They have all the all you can eat this and the drinks that, and then so we're then we're going crazy on that. And then after that, they have like this lovers and friends type party thing where there's like yeah. live performances and live music. It was such a jam packed night. Yeah, the it's night the before way. the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so dope. Yeah. Wow, I'm just like, I just, I just remember like seeing it on Instagram every day. It was I, 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 said, I probably sent you so many DMs. I'm like, Dude. sick. <laughs> yes. And so then they, they they did like this karaoke night thing. This was all within the same night. I love karaoke. So yeah. I, I just have to say that. But after watching the Super Bowl and like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my voice was gone. Ah. Uh, so I couldn't hit the notes. Oh. Uh, you know? So then I was okay. like, well, okay, let's do it. Like, me so and my that's friends. the one regret? Well, so then I had to get up there and start rapping. Uh, like, right, well, I'm gonna still the... go up there. So then, me and my friends just try to rap and tell me when to go. It's the one rap song where I like know most of the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, I get up on the little stage, and, and and so here's the crazy thing: me and my friends were the youngest people there. Okay. Like everyone there was like 40 and above. Huh. Mm -hmm. No, seriously. Well, because we went to Sandals, and I believe it's a five-star resort. Oh, very expensive. Wow. Talk to him. So, <laughs> so everyone there was at least 40 and up. Um, we were definitely the youngest. Very, I, there were some people in their 30s, but very far and few. But we were we were all in our 20s. So, um, dang. I that's, how, up, that's how you know you're lit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for real. I'm for real. So I make a joke and I get up on stage. And again, I have my dreads and, you know, and I get up on there and I say, hey, everyone, um, my name's Jadel and I just want you to know I don't work here. <laughs> all the white people was like it was so oh, quiet oh, for real? it was so quiet <laughs> like, really? but you know they got I think they liked our energy and then we sucked yeah. and we started rapping but uh, it, was, it was funny yeah, yeah that E40 pocket is hard to catch for sure <laughs> <laughs> I've tried <laughs> um, but yeah what, what time are we at? I honestly both don't know oh okay <laughs> wait what? it's not right oh okay yeah. um I was just going to add on to that, though. Yeah. I feel like the only downside for me being, like, young, I feel like I don't have as much, I guess, room to work with to really, like, experience things. Why? You know? Just school, you know? I feel like just very, like, my day-to-day -day is very, like, the same. Yeah. I feel like... It's, it's a lot of structure when yeah. you're, like, a student, right? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I could do a lot more if had better opportunities i guess mm -hmm. i don't know i just i feel like i can express myself better but it's hard in the environment i am in right now you know i get that and it's like the small moments that i can have like uh, right now it's break so i don't know even like getting this set up yeah like i feel like the small moments that like 
you can really I guess bond off of yeah is like kind of what drives a lot well I hear that I want you to think of it th- or look at it this way my mentor would always say did I'll step outside the frame to see the bigger picture right now you're in a you're in a, a season of building what are you building right because I think we see people that celebrate and party or like go to concerts and we, we see that as like wow they're, they're doing it um but we don't see what they had to do to be able to have just even access to that kind of stuff. So for me, teaching and um, doing all that stuff for like 10 years, you know, um, I went to a great college where they had lots of concerts. So like, I definitely got concert out. Oh, the UCs, definitely they, they're the best concert. good for it. Oh my God, I, I was at uh, UCSD and they were talking about, yeah, we had Kendrick here like, Two years ago, Ty Dolla Sign. UCR had the best concerts. I mean, you said you had to do Tinashe? Um, J-, J. Cole, The Cataracts, Nipsey Hussle, yeah. uh, Rick Ross. This is all Nelly, UCR? The Boss. <laughs> uh, uh, T Pain, Music Soul Child, Janae wow, Aiko, Miguel, Soul Child? Ty Dolla Sign, Tyga. I didn't realize how much Tyga songs I knew. Sierra, <laughs> um, uh, Mac Miller, Major Lazer, Lil John. What? Um, <laughs> Lil John. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting because I I stopped going to the concerts my uh, my fifth year, so like that was just my first through at least my <laughs> third year. Like I went through a lot. Avant, the wow. internet. Yeah, they had all wow. kinds of concerts. Wow. Like, you would, like like Coachella. That's like a whole Rolling Loud. Like yeah, that's better than Rolling Loud. That's like yeah. Coachella. <laughs> no, seriously. No, but I, I would say um, look at this time in your life as building, right? Because we look at the podcast space, we look at the influencer space, and we look at um, the social media space, but we don't really see what qualifies people to, to really be there, you know? So even with me and my company, I don't really see myself at this level, but I've been having to really rely on the fact that I've been in this industry for the last 15 years. So I know what I'm doing, right? But you got to get to that point where you're 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 actually building something, right? Right. Um, and it's not so much that you're losing out on anything, you know. I mean, you have you'll always have time to celebrate. You'll always have time um, to either go on trips and do different things. But it's how you set yourself up to be able to afford all of that, or to have access to all of that. Right. And so, what we really do have to stop try- doing. Uh, you know, internally is comparing our journeys, our lifestyles, our successes, our failures, all of that, because it creates this this this, this distortion of what we think we're doing, right? right? Like, I would pose the question to you: What are you actually doing right? What are you doing well? Do I answer? Yeah. Is that to me or to him? Both of you. Think about it. Well, I want to know. You know, we're putting in work. You know, yes. um, like I think. A big thing for us is kind of realizing that, you know, you're, like you said, when you said that there's always time to celebrate your wins and whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I think that there's not always, you, you're going to, you're going to run out of time to, um, to like have the motor to put in the work. And so I think for us right now, we're like, so like tunnel visioned at like our goals. Right. Yeah. So like these, like we said, like the seven hour zooms and, yeah. uh, potting for twice a week at three in the morning yeah. for three hours. Right. Mm-hmm. 
it's a lot of work that goes into it. Right. Um, and I think what we're looking at right now is, or at least the lens that I'm looking at it through, is that we'll be able to celebrate and have fun and do all this one, like on a larger scale yeah. when when on we're lit, right? Yeah, yeah, when we're lit, right? And it's, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where else I was going to take that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I meant. What are you doing right? What are you doing well I on feel- just your day-to-day stuff? I would say giving it my all, like mm-hmm. to add on to Ryan, because I mean, like obviously we don't have the resources that all these big, I guess. Names I have. mean, y'all y'all got cameras, y'all yeah, got but, these lights. Y'all yeah. got oh, lights. we're in a pro yeah. setup right now. Come <laughs> I'm on just now. Saying, shout out to my dad. Shout out to my dad. Oh yeah, we look great right yeah. now. We got the Beats headphones. Yeah, yeah what? I, but I mean, Black Friday sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you. I know. <laughs> I, I find the good deals. But I. Like like Ryan said, we, we're putting in work. I feel mm-hmm. like we're taking the, I guess, necessary steps to really take it there. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I really feel like we just got to show everyone what we're made of. Well, we're all, we're all, we're just, we're doing it right now, which You're is what I think it, is so important because is, uh, we're, we're full-time students, you 90%. know? 90%. Um, yes. And this is a space that, like, we're all, we're all, um... Yeah, we're all new to this space. It's a new space. We're the youngest people in this... We're in the younger demographic of people in this Fair space. Enough. And we also come from a lot of families that... Um, we're all like... We're, we're, well, we're mostly from minority families. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, Carter. <laughs> um, but like Daniel and Evan from Hispanic or Latino families. Um, and then Akira and I are like Asian families, right? Um, Japanese. Yeah. I think that's amazing. But there's a... You, there's you can't like, really tell. But yeah. you can tell. You can tell when he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just coming from minority families, right. there's a traditional way to do things. Yeah, um, like my grandparents, when my parents, or when my mom and dad were like checking out colleges and stuff, and their siblings right. were right. Um, there was like my grandpa only knew Harvard, whatever, like all the marquee yeah. ones, right? Really. Um, and so I think the, the same applies for jobs. You know, um, and just the fact that there's not a lot that we're doing it kind of without guidance right now. Um, and there's no blue, like you said, there's no blueprint for the right. space that we're trying to, um, not conquer, but exist in, yeah. right? We're, I think it's, I think just being there and like you said, showing up is just a big part. And I think, you know, you said this to me yesterday, Carter. You told me that like you have to like look the part or play the look the part to play the part, right? Yeah. You said this too, mm-hmm. also. But um, you know, just like like talking like you're like speaking it into existence, almost like yeah. like um, like you know, we act the part of of yeah. podcasters and we act like our voice matters. And I think for well, you have for to us, believe it too. Yeah. So right. when we say thing, when I tell you that like I can see this going to here. And we're already doing such a good job on this. We like what pretty much how we we talked on that phone call, right? I won't give all the the sauce away because that's still our plan. Right? <laughs> but um, you know, we, we have like contracts being written up, and we're like barely a year into doing this, right? right? Um, and it's just it just feels like like <coughs> we're it feels like not the imposter syndrome, but it feels like we're we're trying to play a role, like we're trying to we're trying to play into what we want to be. Um, And I think just acting like you're acting the part is like a big first step. And I think we're doing a good job of that, of, um, 
of working on it while also like because you can't if if you can't picture yourself in it you won't you'll never get to that spot well and raising your belief level too and that's mm -hmm. why when we talk about using our story to not only connect with our audience but using our story to help validate um why we deserve to be where we are you know like you you said it you're doing you're balancing this and being full-time college students that's amazing right you know people need to learn that more about you guys but even in what you just did which was you went through kind of a checklist of things that you're doing well and things that you've been excelling at and things that you've been tightening up that's literally where you are reconcile where you are you know mm -hmm. when my wife and i were talking about season two of our company we had to look at the numbers we had to look at what worked what didn't work i received so much feedback on what was great and so much feedback on things that could be tighter that's just where we're at. So while I'm over here like, but babe, we could do this and do this. And she's like, babe, you want to go to the moon. I got it. We got to get to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes you have to, um, you know, be a little realistic as to where you are, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're at a deficit. Yeah. And so part of that also is in terms of faking it till you make it. I, I, you have to recognize just like you did. You're doing it. You're not trying to do it. You're doing yeah. it. You know, yeah. and while you don't have millions of followers, you do have people listening. Yeah. So keep talking to them, yeah. you know, and to your guys's point, people will people will catch on. And by the time they do, you're going to be like, dude, we've been doing this. Yeah, I, I believe in the, the group that we have and yeah. the product that we're putting out. You know, I think just like the quality of the content has gone up so much. Yes. And, I, and I just keep think, it small. Yeah. Keep it small. Um, I think that was. One thing, um, when I started my company, that was the best advice that I got from someone, um, a friend of mine. She said, um, keep, just keep it, keep the essentials, you know, mm -hmm. because I was like, but it has to look like this and da da da. And, 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 and thank goodness, because it cost me less money to keep it simple. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the quality was still there. Yeah. Uh, because you'd walk into our events and then we'd have like the backdrops and the drapes and the light, the tube lights and, you know, people are like, wow, it looks so professional, but it's super simple setup. You got drapes and, and um, tube lights and, and gobos that project our Im image logo on the Keep wall. Keep it at the necessities. Keep it there. And so even with your guys' setup with this, you know, I think we look at the other stuff and we look at like the quality of their mics and all that. If this is what's working for you now, you know, use that until it makes sense to do something else. Yeah. Right. And um, in terms of like pre-production, keep your costs low and keep your, your equipment essential so that you're not, you know, if this was a touring situation, right, could you take it with you? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So just keeping it simple and just tightening up, like you said, the actual content, because anyone can film anything. Anyone can talk about anything. But if people don't get value from it, mm -hmm. then what really what was the point? Right. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even for like, we talk about music all the time. Yeah. You know? Oh, we're going to get into that. Uh, we'll, we'll do we'll, <laughs> we'll cut this one soon and then we'll do like a separate like yeah. we'll talk about what's going on in the R&B realm yeah we'll do a part two to this but <laughs> yeah but yeah no I think what you guys are doing is great and um, from two years ago to now you've just really taken just more attentiveness to the details mm -hmm. and again for me to plug into something I like that it's going somewhere you know or in terms of like what that content is um I always like people that navigate conversation well, but then also have great talking points. Um, but then also offer perspective that just that isn't just um, 
Like nuanced, like more nuanced. Well, nuanced and also, you know, perspective that is, that's, you know, more than knee deep. You know, people talk about stuff that you can tell they don't ever think, Mm -hmm. you know, or they don't ever actually talk to anyone outside of their bubble. Yeah. You know, there's people, ugh, it's like, (laughs) shut up. I'm not even going to name names because I don't feel like going viral. That's how I felt about, that's how I felt about the TikTok kid. (laughs) I'm trying to go viral, by the way. (laughs) So that's what we need right here. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of sums up the episode. Um, you know, I really appreciate you being here, doing this with us. Um, this is a really special moment for me, I just want to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is crazy that we're, like, sitting here after, you know, we talked about this probably the first time that we met. Yes. Um, talked about a lot of stuff. But yeah. I think, and I've said this to him a million times, what I love about you is that you're so personable. Thank you. It is really hard to meet young people that actually care about people right and aren't just takers mm-hmm. right or self-absorbed or self-centered um you're such a giver you are again personable you can talk about most things and what i like that i don't know if you acknowledge enough of is that you really navigate things using your emotional intelligence like you really try to hone in on how you can add value to people and you really do make people feel good when they're around you it's I a beautiful that. thing i appreciate that and i, I you definitely do the same <laughs> You know, you always make me. You always give me a little bit. You you always give me a little bit of um, like advice and um, and inspiration and motivation and all that. But I think you also do it in a way that's like so real. You know, you you Keep like it real. because what, because when we first started the podcast, you you called me. You did. You were oh, like, I sh- I I. He was like, I that shit in. is ass. <laughs> I went in. I went in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then he, they're your friends, so I'm gonna leave it alone. But, um, <laughs> And you oh had, yeah, like, the could. girls on there, and I'm like, who is this girl? Like, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was not that was great. At the, off the jump. Um, <laughs> and and I again, always talking to him about what are you trying to say? In ten words or less, what are you trying to say? You know, let that really. That's how you hone in on your voice. Is you know, and then he would have like a lot of people in the room. I'm like, well, who are all these people? You know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't okay. It, it, terrible might be too strong of a word, but it, it didn't have a clear objective. It yeah. didn't have a clear focus. So I, he would ask me to listen. I'm like, I don't know what I'm listening for. You know, yeah. so it was a lot of feedback in terms of who your audience actually yeah. is. I, mean, um, I think it's good that we got that feedback, just because. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I guess uh, consolidates our purpose a lot more. Yes, yeah. like and just really kind of brings it to a focus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, once you know your, what you're focused on, it's just doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah, I think there were a lot of definitely a lot of growing pains of just creating the podcast. Um, and he didn't want to see it. He's like, "No, I, it's great because of it." I'm like, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> I was I was a little bit on it. Yeah, these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are all my friends. I'm yeah, like, but right. I appreciate your honesty. I really did. <laughs> I mean, obviously, look how it turned out. We got yeah. like a squad, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. I I, I just. I'm so grateful that I mean you you've like watched me over the last two years probably grow a lot you know um, yes even just as a student too just as like a person I feel like you, like a lot of big things have happened in like the last two years you know yes yeah yes. I mean you and I you're probably the first like we've, we've had co- talks about like breakups and like uh, I know all this uh, all this broke up he well he had broken up that with that girl. <laughs> All right. And but yeah. when he would tell me about her, and I was like, this girl sounds toxic. 
Yeah. People <laughs> well, people throw that word around a lot, but oh, it's yeah. like, no, I'm like, this, how, you know, how are you not itching? Like, I just... And so he was like, I'm in love with her. <laughs> Can I say that? That's fine. I'm in love with her. And he's like, I, you know, and I said, just make it to college. Yeah, you get, you make get it to college. Well, you were that you, you, you were, you served in a lot of points, like big moments in the last two years, you know, like, like even like just growing as a person, like, like, um, like graduations and stuff like yeah. that, you know, and I just feel like, um, and just like meeting new people, I think too, was a big thing that we always used to talk about, um. No, I talked to you a lot my first semester of college, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like you've always been there to lend a helping hand and just uh, just give me some knowledge. So I, yeah. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this has been a great episode. I don't know what number episode this is. 30... 34. Well, it depends on what order this is going to come no, out this in. This is 36. 36. Episode 36. We're going to get out of here. I got some more. Oh, my thing is muted. Janelle, thank you for coming. We got R&B. That Mariah Carey, 1995, from the Daydream mm-hmm. album. First record she collabed with Jermaine Dupri on. I did not know that. See, I always learn something new every time. Janelle, you could be an MC. That was dope. <laughs> We're going to get on out of here. We're going to get some food. Um, Spotify, Apple. She actually directed this music video, too. Really? Yeah, she did. And, oh. of course, she sampled um, the... Dennis. Yeah, she sampled it. We wouldn't have the Taylor Swifts collaborating with hip-hop artists had we not had Mariah Carey. One of the first people to successfully merge pop and hip-hop together. Mm -hmm. When Old Dirty Bastard got on the uh, the remix, it changed the game forever. Yeah. We love you, Mariah Carey, the queen of Christmas. And then this song was featured in... uh, Rush hour. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, Spotify, Apple, all that. We appreciate you guys. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Love all the listeners. Um, Yeah, you know this has been it's been a great episode. I feel like feel like 10 years older, you know what I mean? Too. <laughs> 10 years older. I'm Mariah's number one fan, by the way. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> or I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So just, uh, we hope you guys have a happy holidays. Um, this will probably come out around Christmas, so it's coming out on Christmas. Merry happy Christmas. Holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then stay tuned for uh, new YouTube. Yeah, new YouTube. This is going to be on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Going to have two episodes coming out, and then stay tuned for the... Oh, we got a lot course. going on. Yeah. Yeah, alright, we appreciate you guys. Peace, love, all that. We're gonna get on out of here. Bye!